Y'all do know that my message has been preached. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's one spirit. It's one spirit. And when, and when there's one spirit, God's up to something. You know, he's doing something. Today I want to talk to you guys because I really feel, I feel that it's imperative that we learn how to abide in Christ. Because we really are, I, I believe, I really believe it, that we are headed into some perilous times. And um, we're going to need each other desperately. And we're going to need him. It's going to be a matter of life and death. I believe that. Um, so let's go. I, I, this is one of the first revelations that the Lord gave me. And it changed my life. Let's turn to John chapter 15 and start with verse 1. And it's one of my absolute favorite passages in the scriptures. Thank you, Jesus. I just love how he starts working even before we get here. You know, he starts moving. He gave somebody a dream. And from that dream, you know, things are brought out in prayer and things are addressed in prayer and people have already gotten delivered. And, and the whole time, it, you know, that's my message. I'm like, wow, Jesus, you are so awesome. You are the most beautiful among the house. Ain't that? Thank you, Jesus. In uh, chapter 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, wait, yeah, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. I said a, a word several times, abide. I said a word, prune, <laughs> cut, 
But it said abide a bunch of times. Well, that prune, you know, the, the word uses, he uses a lot of stories and metaphors and things like that. And he uses a lot of gardening stuff. So we can get an idea of what he's really saying to us. And, and he said that I am the true vine. And you're a branch on the vine. And if you're a branch on the vine and say that vine is a grapevine and you're a branch on that vine, are you going to produce persimmons? No. What are you going to produce? Grapes. That's what we're going to... And what the Lord showed me several years ago when he showed me this passage is what I draw from is what I produce. Whatever I'm spending my time in, that's what I produce. So if I, you know, if Pastor Eileen used to say, if I spend all week watching Two-Gun Harry, then that's all I got is Two-Gun Harry. But he says, he says that I can abide in him. Abide means to dwell, to settle in. You know, you know how when you get in your best favorite comfy chair with your best PJs and your fluffiest little blanket, you know, and you, you kind of settle down in it? That's what that word means, settle in and stay. Right there. Settle in and stay there. But a lot of times we, we let our mind. Now, spiritually, you know that's two different things. Spiritually, I'm a branch on that vine. And I can't jump off that vine. I can't jump off and then jump back on. And then jump off and jump back on. So he's got to be talking about something. So here, right here, this is my worst enemy. And a lot of times this right here doesn't stay in the vine. This thing right here has a tendency to jump off in the circumstance. It has a tendency to jump off in how you just spoke to me. It has a tendency to jump off in my feelings. But spiritually, I'm still a branch on that vine. And so the husbandman, who is the vine dresser, who is our Father in heaven, has to come along because he sees that there's, there's a little piece of me where I'm starting to bear some fruit over here, but I still want to shake my neck from time to time and roll my eyes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Y'all on the front row. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, and know that we all been in the same place <laughs> yesterday. 
<laughs> but whenever he sees that there's some fruit in here, because I am a branch on the vine, okay? So that husbandman comes along and he takes his shears and he goes, <laughs> he cuts me. Sometimes he cuts me in the quick. But I got to be cut so that my branch can flourish and I can get very heavy with good, nutritious, sweet fruit. Come on. <laughs> you got to be cut to be made whole. Now, we don't like the cutting. We don't like the cutting. Because it hurts now. It hurts to get cut. But see, sometimes we, I'm just going to say that sometimes we preach so much the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, and God is love. But his cutting is love. But we teach that any kind of bad thing that happens to you, that's the devil. Rebuke it. Get out. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's my own smellfish, as Apostle was saying in prayer Thursday. It's my own smellfish actions. Sometimes it's my own thing. Sometimes I put myself in this situation. Sometimes, you know, my neck is real loose. It's real loose, and sometimes Jesus has to go, you know, and tighten that joker up. I told y'all I had a bad, I still do, don't ask Keith. I still have a little issue with the eye roll. Jesus. And so every now and then he has to cut me back a notch or two. Not Keith. No, 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 no. Because if you do that, guess what? You need to be pruned also. Because Daddy said something Thursday. If y'all did, if y'all weren't here, just watch the Facebook Live. You can go back and watch it. And it was so good talking about the kingdom. And he said, if I don't like the way you treat me, I don't like the way you looked at me, I don't like the way you said that to me, and you holler, you ho what? I'm a child of the king. You hollered at me? If I don't like the way you're treating me, if I try to take care of it myself... God says, go ahead, baby. Handle it best way you can. But if I don't handle it, if I just go get into my closet and I tell God all about it, then he will handle it. He'll handle it. But so often we go through stuff. For years and years and years and years and years and years and years, because I'm handling it. And the whole time I'm praying, God, <laughs> when you go do something, when you stop, when you stop doing it. So, okay. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to learn how not to try to handle it ourselves. How not to get up back in the face of that one that just ticked me off. Because you didn't have no right to say that. 
Testament. Y'all know we all feel that way, men and women, because we were created to be dominant in dominion over creation. We're created that way. I'm not created to be controlled. I'm not created to be pushed down. I'm not created that way. None of us are. But we do not have dominion over each other. And anytime we're fighting constantly, it's because we are the ones that's wanting to be in control. We each want to be in control. And that's not God. That ain't God. So guess what's fixing to happen? If you are a branch on the vine, there's fixing to be some pruning. And, 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 and you who, who are not married yet, <laughs> learn it now. Learn it now. Because it just gets amplified when you're with somebody 24-7. Right? Okay. I know I'm talking about home. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read verse 16. Verse 15 is good, too, because he says he don't call me a servant anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, but 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I said that twice. Two times in this one passage, he's talked about getting your prayers answered. Verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He is how we do this. He's what we have to have in order to do this. The Passion Translation says on verse 26, I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. <laughs> we need him because the Father is going to cut me. And the Holy Ghost is going to show me how to heal. He's going to show me how to produce. He's going to show me how to go through that cutting. And without him, it's going to be difficult. I'll just tell you, it's going to be difficult. Okay. When we abide in him, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, these things, these wonderful things are going to happen. You're going to bear fruit. What fruit is he talking about? Fruit of the Spirit. That's what he's talking about. And yes, yes, I will produce little me. Yes, I will. I will produce more teachers. I will produce pastors. I will produce Christians. <laughs> because y'all do know that sheep beget sheep. It's not the pastor's job to birth sheeps. 
It's sheep's job to burst sheep's, right? The pastor's the shepherd. That does not exclude me because I am still a sheep. Okay? What I'm just addressing is everyone just looks at the pastor to do things. But it's our job. Okay. All right, that was one of those that my mother calls a rabbit. I got short rabbits. They're shorter than Brother Floyd's. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He tells us that if we will abide in him and his words will abide in me, then I'm going to bear fruit. Fruit is actually a word that means something to be plucked off and receive nourishment from. So there should be something in my life that you can receive life from. That's the fruit that he's talking about. Well, the father does everything. He cuts me. He props me. He does everything he can do for me to bear this fruit. And it's his will that I bear an overload of fruit, an overload of fruit. Ha. I mean, he wants me to be hanging heavy with this fruit. Now, the fruit is the character of God. It's the character of Jesus Christ, the character of Holy Ghost. And guess what? They're in me. They're in me. If I abide in him and he abides in me, these things will come to pass. I will produce fruit. Now let's look at the fruit. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. And I think, let's start in 16. The heading of this little portion is called Walking in the Spirit, <laughs> which is what we're all after, is how to walk in the Spirit. So God does everything for me to be able to bear more fruit. He is very, I'm going to say this, I want you all to hear. He is very, very concerned about my character. He is way more concerned about my character than he is my comfort. He's way more concerned about my character than, how he, than he is about how you treat me. He's way more concerned about how I respond than what you did to me. He'll deal with that. And that also is not my business. Okay, Galatians 5, let's look at 16. It says... I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, we're going to look down here in a minute and see what the lust of the flesh are. The, for the flesh lust against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. How many of us just want to throw a fit and have a cow and roll my neck? Right? How many of us really want to do that? 
There have been times, I'm going to just be honest, because we, you know, take the mask off. I have wanted to, and I have practiced it before he got home. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. That's just how it is. I had my argument down. It never worked out like I thought it was going to. Ever. Ever. <sighs> Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are. they very evident. <laughs> you know what he's saying right there is you can't hide it. It sticks out all over you. Everybody knows, even no matter how big your smile is, everybody knows that you mad as an old wet hen when you walk in church. Everybody knows it. How are you today? I'm fine. Praise and worship starts, and you're like, God. And then all you can't even worship God because all you can do is say, God, when are you going to fix him? <gasps> God, do you even see how things are? Do you see how he talked to me in the car on the way up here? Do you see what he did? Do you see? God, do you see? And that's how, you know, that's why we have to worship for so long because we got to get out of that. We got to get out of that right there. We gotta pull everybody out of that right there so we can come in to saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, this is about you. This ain't about me. I think that was said today too. When I get saved, it ain't about me no more. It's about Him. I am supposed to be crucified. Supposed to be. But I sure am alive. <laughs> I don't get resurrected. I believe in resurrection life. I come alive all the time. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, I told y'all I'm one of them preachers. When he, um, when he uh, steps on my toes, I'm going to step on yours. <laughs> anyway, because I know we all in the same boat. Jesus is the only one. He's the only one that didn't get in this boat. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, let's look at 19. It says, for the works of the flesh are evident, which they are, adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lewdness and idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and contentions and jealousies and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and dissensions and heresies and, my gosh, and envy and murder and drunkenness and revelries and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We live in a kingdom. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness, where all this went on, into a kingdom of light. And if I'm going to stay planted and rooted and grounded in this kingdom, I can't be acting like that. 
But how many of us do? I just told y'all my neck got a ball on it. But what the world does all that stuff mean? You know what he said, the um, contentions and, you know, what does all that stuff mean? Let me get it in one of them translations that we might can, if, if the thing will work. Thank you, Jesus. Because, you know, sometimes we just got to hear this in, like, normal terms. He says, let me, let me go to the Passion. The Passion Translation. Verse 19. It says, The cravings of the self-life are obvious. So if I'm living for myself, my action, it's all going to be obvious. I'm telling you, you can't hide it. Okay? The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality. He deals with that more than he deals with anything else in the Bible. Sexual immorality. Um, lustful thoughts. None of us have that. Have ever we have never had a lustful thought. I ain't never looked at Brad Pitt and thought nothing. I hadn't. So this doesn't apply to me. Um, pornography. Y'all know that pornography now, my God, I can get it right here on this thing. I mean, it is right here. At my hand, I can look at it any time, day or night, and nobody will know. But it says right here that the self-life is obvious. So it's going to come out sooner or later. Because the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. Can't hide it. God says there's nothing hidden from him. Not one thing is hidden from him. Everything is going to be brought to light. All of it. Everything I do that I don't want you to know about, you know every thought I have that I don't want you knowing about, it's going to be brought to light if I don't deal with that thing. Okay. It says, chasing after things instead of God. What the world? Money. Men. Oh, God. Women. Job. Success. Chasing after anything instead of God. He's the only thing I'm supposed to chase. You know, some of us women, I'm just going to suppose this, we want to be chased. Feels good. You ain't supposed to be chasing nothing but God. And if you'll, if you'll chase after God, then he will bring you the one you're supposed to be with. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, here's a big one. Manipulating others. Y'all know what that is? That is witchcraft. Straight up. I'm going to work this thing. We teach our babies to do this when they're two. Give daddy a hug and he'll, maybe he'll buy you that. That is manipulation. And we think it's cute. 
It ain't cute. It ain't cute when they're two, and it ain't cute when they're 22, and it for sure ain't cute when they're 62. Manipulation is a work of the flesh. Trying to work things to get you to do what I want you to do. Hatred of those who get in your way. Mm. Senseless, oh no, he's talking about my house again. <sighs> Senseless arguments. Senseless arguments. Me trying to have my way. Resentment of others who are blessed. Ooh, get kind of upset when Susie Q over here gets a blessing and God, I've been praying for 16 years for that. Instead of being, you know, oh, I, hey, I just reminded, he just reminded me of a dream I had. Oh, my gosh, like 15, 16 years ago, I used to always want a beetle bug. I love those little cars. I just love the beetle bug. And in my dream, Pastor Dana got a beetle bug. And I, and, and I thought in my dream, okay, I got a second here. What am I going to do? So I went to jumping up and down and hollering and calling everybody going, Pastor Dana got Well, she wasn't a pastor then. Got a beetle bug. She got a beetle bug. Oh, my God, it's so cute. It looks just like her. I was excited that she got a beetle bug. And I have been wanting one since I was a kid. That's what he's talking about. If I get upset and I'm jealous, I'm envious, because you got a blessing? I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know, I don't know what you've done. And that ain't my business. Again, so much of this self-life ain't my business. It ain't my business. It's God's business. I wish he'd stay out of my house. I'm just telling you. No, I don't really. Temper tantrums. That is a work of the flesh. That's what all those words that, you know, we didn't really know what they was meaning. That's what they mean. A temper tantrum. I'm going to have my way. You're going to listen to me. And you're going to do what I say. My way or the highway. Hit the door, Jack. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone. Angry quarrels. <laughs> My gosh. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinion. How many people do we know like this? Not us. It's not me. I am not in love with my own opinion. No. No matter how right I am, that's right. Being envious of the blessings of others. Oh my gosh, he just like did that one twice. Murder. Uncontrolled addictions. Whether it's a drug, a alcohol, sex, attention, shopping, running off at the mouth. Ooh. <laughs> these are works of the flesh 
uh-oh, wild parties. Busted. Sorry, guys. Wild parties. That's a work of the flesh. And if you're doing it, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, you're coming into the days when you're going to want to be in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is the only thing that's going to be left standing. I'll say that again. He is shaking everything that can be shaken. And his kingdom is the only thing that's going to be left standing. Everything else is going to fall. Everything. Every government. Every nation. Everything. He's the only thing that's going to be left standing. So let's come out of these works of the flesh and get over here in the works of the Spirit. Y'all see how many verses it took to tell about the works of the flesh? Gee whiz, that was long. It was like, man, it's rough. He says in verse 22, but the fruit... Produced by the Holy Spirit, which is within you, is divine love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And you can read about love in Corinthians 13. Because love doesn't point out your faults. Love is not quickly angered. Love does not brag on itself. Love is about you and not me. That's what love is. And that's his kind of love. And I just want to tell you, it takes Holy Ghost to operate in that kind of love. But Romans 5 says that that love is filled my heart. That love has filled my heart. So why the heck do these church people not act like it? I think some of them need to get saved. If I could just be honest. Some of us, some of us, there's been some issues and we have had some struggles and we're working on them. Some of us need to get saved. Some of us need to get saved. Okay, I'm going to continue reading this in the Passion Translation. It says... But the fruit of the Spirit, which is within you, is divine love in all its varied expressions. So the rest of the fruit of the Spirit are the expression of love. And you know in 1 Corinthians it says that I can prophesy till the cows come home. And I can raise the dead. And I can, I can give every single thing I have away. But if I don't love it don't do nothing for me or him. Nothing. All I sound like is a banging cymbal. It says joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. We don't, none of us want to talk about that one. Kindness in action, a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Those are all products 
of love. Amen. But he says right here in verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So this is how I'm supposed to be living, right? And if I am abiding in that vine, I'm going to be living that way. Or he's going to cut me till I do. Till I do. That's one of the things that we deal with here at Freedom. We deal with roots of why am I not operating in this? Why am I operating in all those, those other scriptures, you know, of the works of the flesh? Why am I operating in this? There's a reason that I'm operating in it. And if I'll just hang on a little bit and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, he'll show me the very root, the very reason why this thing is in me. Why I'm mean. Why I'm hateful. Why I don't speak gently. And why I don't love completely. He'll show me. But I got I to gotta, I gotta work with him. I got to let him do some stuff. And that's what he did this morning. He's done it already. And then I just come along and say, you know, this is what the word says about what we just experienced today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Whenever it says right there that if I say I belong to him, then I should be led by the Spirit. That word led is a go. <laughs> and it means um, to be driven, basically. So I am supposed to be driven by the Holy Spirit. I'm supposed to be being pushed by the Holy Spirit to do these things, to walk this way. Um, I want to look at... First mm. Corinthians six seventeen. He says in verse seventeen, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. That word joined literally means glued. So if I say that I'm born again and I am, I am joined with him, I am in him and he is in me, I am supposed to be glued to him. Y'all know the song, We Stuck Like Glue? I'm supposed to be glued to him. I can't, I can't be pulled apart. I can't be... Um, Jumping in and out. I got to get in and stay in. Ephesians talks about it a bunch. In Ephesians, it talks about how I'm in Christ. In Christ. It's, it uses that phrase, I don't know, like a hundred and something times. In Christ. Uh, in Him, like I said a while ago, spiritually, I am a branch on that vine. And that vine is producing good, good grapes. Y'all know that the best, the absolute best wine is produced from grapes 
that are grown in very rocky soil. It ain't what you would call good soil. And that vine has to struggle. It struggles in order to survive. How many of you feel that that's going on? You're struggling to just survive. You're going to be good. Good wine. Woo! You're going to be good wine. And when it's hot, they grow well. When there's not much soil, there's a lot of rocks, and it's very, very hot because that sun is beating down on them. That's a, you're going to be good wine. Just allow the Father to cut you, allow him to prune you, allow him to work out all those works of the flesh and get that stuff out of your life. Just get it all out of our life because it ain't worth nothing anyway. It's all going to be burn up. And then I'm going to be left with not very much. And I want to be, I want to be led. I want to be driven by the Spirit of God. I want to be, I want to be walking in that love. I want that to come out of me. Instead of, Apostle said something to me right after prayer. And, and the thing that came out of my mouth was, well, if we can get them. And I would never say that to the person. But it's in my heart. Because it came out my mouth. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. That wasn't sweet. <laughs> that was one of them persimmons. It's got to be cut off. Because that ain't my business. That's his. That's his business. And he's going to do what he wants to do with the situation. And all I'm supposed to do is love. Speak the truth when his spirit prompts me to speak the truth. And again, love. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So I thank God that he has exposed this mean, hateful thing. Because we can all be free of this mean, hateful thing. Because I refuse to be, um, have my Lord say, you a whitewashed tomb. Are you a brood of vipers? I refuse that. I'm, I'm just not having that. So we have to deal with this religious thing that's on the inside of us that thinks we're anything because we're not. The only thing good in me is him. That's the only thing. The only thing good in me is him. It's him. It's him. It's him. Now, how, why? There's three reasons why we abide. One is so that I can bear fruit, which means to become like him because I produce his character. The second one is to have my prayers answered. Did y'all hear that? Twice in there, he says, if you will abide in me and my words will abide in you and you will keep my commandments, then whatever you ask is going to be given you. Now, that don't mean that I can read the Bible and I can pray every day and then I can go, in the name of Jesus, give me a Lamborghini and go outside and bam, there it is. That's, mm -mm, he ain't talking about that. What that actually means is the more I abide in him and his word abides in me and I walk in obedience, then my desires are going to become like his desires. Yes. 
So all of a sudden, believe it or not, that Lamborghini ain't going to mean that much anymore. It's four wheels. It's four wheels and a motor. That's what it is. But what's going to matter is what his desire is. That is going to become my desire. The more I hang out with him, the more I become like him. <laughs> oh, my God, that's, there's hope for us all. And the third reason that I need to abide is so that my joy can be full. Because we live in hell. Do you? I know you do. I see it on your face. I do. Because, because we're operating in the works of the flesh over here. We're being mean and hateful. And he said that, that, that the works of the flesh are obvious. So, there's three reasons for me to abide in that vine. To become like him. I'm just real excited about that one. To have my prayers answered. Because all of a sudden my prayers are going to change into things for me. And it's going to begin to become things for his kingdom. Pulling people into his kingdom. Amen. And so that my joy can be full. Now how, how do I abide? Consistently, consistently read his word. Joshua 1.8 says to meditate day and night on the word. That means don't just skim over it. Don't just read, but pull that thing apart and go, oh, and over and over. Read the same thing over and over and over. Christian Limley, and I'm so glad you're here today because I was going to bring your name up. Christian Limley came back from ramp one year, and he had a revelation, and it changed my life. He said, if you don't like salad, you need to eat salad. Because the more salad you eat, the more you want salad. And I tried it, and it's truth. It works on salad, and it works on the word. So the more, if I don't like to read, if I think ugh, my eyes start crossing and, you know, how we do, if I'll just keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on doing it, the next thing you know, I got to have the word or I, I don't like me and I know you don't. I start craving the word of God. Just like when you start putting good, nutritious things in your body, your body starts craving those good, nutritious things. It does. It really does. Even when we don't like them. And then prayer. Prayer is vital. It is a vital part of our life. I have to get into not just telling God about my problems, but like getting into his presence and, and focusing in on him until I forget about 
my problems and just worshiping him and, and, and allowing the spirit to then pray what he wants to pray through me. And this is not something that happens when you've been saved for 12 years. This, I mean, the next day. You know, you're probably better at it that day than you are 12 years down the road. Because you're so open to him. And that's all it takes is just to be open to him. But reading consistently the word of God, praying consistently, develop a lifestyle of prayer where he is right here constantly on my mind. I am thinking about him. That's one of the signs that we're in love with him. That he is, he's always on my mind. I don't go anywhere and not think about him. I don't go anywhere and say, you want to come with me? You know, it's like he's always right here. And walk in obedience. He said, if you will keep my commandments, all these things, all the, the prayers that you pray, they're going to be answered. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to put the desires in your heart. So I got to read the word. I got to get in prayer. I've got to walk in obedience. And I'm going to add one more. And that's hang out with people who do. Oh, my gosh, y'all. That is such a, that's a big one. Hang out with people who do this. Not that we have to, like, tell our old friends, I don't love you no more. No, I just need to separate myself a little bit, get over here and get some strength in me, get some foundation in me, get, some, get the word. Psalms 119 says, I hide your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. He says in the Psalms that he will cause me to keep his statutes. Well, I got to know what they are. So just pull away a little bit. Get with some people who the, all they do is talk Jesus. You know there's some out here. All of us, that's what we do. Biggin will say, what y'all talk about today? I'm like, Jesus? That's all we ever talk about is Jesus. We talk about the things of God. We talk about what God did, what God, you know, that's what we talk about. So get with folks who do that, who talk about the Lord who he's the love of their life. He's everything, every single thing that they even want. It's him. Hallelujah. So eat that salad, even though you don't want it. Eat that arugula, even though it's a little bitter. He, tell, he told John to eat this scroll, and it's going to be sweet in your mouth and bitter in your belly. So whenever we eat the word of God, it starts revealing those intentions in our heart. And he starts dealing with the mean. He starts dealing with that hateful thing. See, he starts teaching me then that a husband is supposed to love his wife like Christ loves the church. And he gives himself for her on a daily basis. That he washes her with the water of the word. He don't try to straighten her lazy tail out. He washes her with the water of the word. And then it tells you, sweet lady. Well, because we don't get away with nothing. He tells me I have to submit. 
I got to submit to that man as unto the Lord. That means my neck better stop rolling. Because if Jesus Christ was standing in front of me and he said to do something, or, honey, I really wish you would do this, and I went, oh, my God, do you really think I would do that? And that's Jesus standing there. Okay, I need to hit the altar right now. I'm telling you, play the music. I got to hit the altar because I ain't right. I ain't right. How many of us in here is? Okay, which one of you husbands tried to straighten your wife out? You better hit the altar. Y'all ain't married yet, so. But which one of you wives rolled your neck and your eyes? Because I don't know who he thinks he is. But I've had about all this I'm going to take. I better hit the altar. I'm telling you. And even if we're not married, it goes with bosses, it goes with kids, it goes with mamas and daddies. We don't ever get away from submission. It's the, it's the foundation of your Christian walk. Lord, where'd I go with that one? Oh. <laughs> The altars are open, I might add. Thank you, Jesus. Because we all, we all fall down in your presence, God. Because I'm messed up. I don't want to submit. I don't want to. Because if I'm having to submit, it means I'm not getting my way. Oh, yeah, that's, mm, mm, step on my own toe. And see, we, we, wanted, we wanted our way I, because I'm right. Right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I am. But you know, I got laid. I, I see some of y'all going. See the eyes flashing. But it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of this prayer. I need this thing out of me. I don't want to be mean and hateful. I don't want my neck to roll because my husband wants me to do something. I also don't want him to try to work me out. I don't want him to try to fix me. That's not his job. That's not. It's our job to take it to Jesus. If you don't like what I'm doing, take it to the Lord. And it's the same thing with your kid. Now, I am to discipline that child, but I need to learn how to do it by the Spirit. I need to stop getting in my flesh and saying, whatever. I need to do it by the Spirit of God, and that's going to take me some prayer. So I got to learn how to be a wife by the Spirit. I got to learn how to be a husband by the Spirit. I got to learn how to be a, a mama by the Spirit, a daddy by the Spirit. Because the Word also says don't provoke your kid to wrath. Because he knows the kid's going to judge you. And that's going to set up a root of bitterness in his life. And he's going to reap it for his whole life. Because you wanted to be the boss. And I know you paid the cost to be the boss. But if you learn how to lead, things would be different. 
And that's what he's trying to teach us now. It's just let me be Lord of your life and stop running off at the mouth. And things will become different in your life because the fruit of the Spirit has got to start coming out of me. I have to, I have to produce love. If I don't, I'm going to be bundled up and laid aside because he said if you don't bear fruit, you're going to be cut off. It's a serious thing. We laugh, but it's a serious thing. He's not playing, and time is real short. And he's not, he's, God's not looking the other way. He's not. He said, I will not strive with man forever. So it's time to just bow my knee and say, God, cut me. Whatever you have to do, Father. Cut me so that I produce love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and self-control and faithfulness. I just want to produce that. And I thank you, God, that it takes you. But if you're here and you don't know, you don't really know that you have that kind of a relationship with God, where, you know, when you're talking to him, he speaks to you. If you don't have that, please, please come and get that relationship. It's just called giving him your life, asking him to come be Lord of your life and to wash you in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, come and we will fix it now. And if you do... If you know that you are his, that you are a branch on that vine, you know it with everything in you, but you need some cutting, come up here and we'll lay hands on you and we're going to come into agreement with you that God is going to bring you through that cutting and you're going to produce fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. In the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.